Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. And we are back. So today's topic is why don't people show up? And specifically, we're going to talk about the psychology of flaking out. You know, you said you were going to be somewhere and then you didn't show up. Now, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. So make good decisions. But first, let's get started with who we are. I'm Shelley Carney. I am a certified wellness and life coach specializing in life design. This is my business partner and producer, Toby Eunice. He's also a coach and mentor. But not as good as her. Well, few are. <laughs> um, if you are interested in designing your success, please go to esofterside.com, join the member vault, and schedule your free discovery coaching session with me, and we'll get into all of your needs on that call. So I'm going to allow Toby to get started while I share this on Facebook. So tell me, Toby, tell me a little bit about your experience. I know you have set up events. People don't show up. You expect that. But tell me about why people don't show up and how that makes you feel as an event uh, coordinator. So uh, the most recent experience was uh, when I joined you, Public TV. When I returned to New Mexico, I was kind of planning to retire someplace else but ended up in New Mexico and after a, a, a while I did a couple of documentaries and people started knowing who I was and the uh, public access station the contract changed hands and the gentlemen that were running that contract contacted me and they asked me if I'd be interested in establishing a community outreach program specifically to develop content providers producers uh, television uh, program producers. And I told him that I was uh, interested, that it sounded like it would be a lot of fun. I had similar experiences at the public access stations in Fairfax, Virginia, and Miami, Florida, where I'd done similar work. <clears throat> and so we signed a one-year contract um, uh, to start developing this program. And we did call it the community. I was director of community outreach. And uh, the first thing that I did was I took a lot of my experience and I turned them into a series of one-day courses. Uh, there were 25 of them altogether, but they were very specific. They were an eight-hour day, and the idea was you you had a minimum number of courses, a min minimum uh, set of courses that you had to take in order to start producing uh, television programming on the public access station. And it familiarized you with all the tools, the techniques from lighting to how to operate a uh, digital switcher, a uh, video production switcher. And uh, I started out by giving them to free, uh, give, giving them for free. I set up a meetup group, meetup.com group uh, called you public, which I think is still active um, because I used to post all our pictures there and things like that. <clears throat> and uh, so for the longest time I was doing these courses they cost nothing they were uh, you would be getting the benefit of, of my 30 35 years of experience in uh, production I was being paid by uh, the U public television to do specifically this and so I would have people register on the meetup group <clears throat> and I would get 
for any given course, I used to teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays, every Tuesdays and Thursdays of every week. And for any given course, I would get 15 to 20 registrants, people interested in developing uh, content for public access, and consistently half or less showed up. And um, and so for the ones that didn't show up, I'd write them an email and ask them that if they were going to sign up for the next course to let me know in advance to make sure that they were going to show up and they'd sign up for the next course and they wouldn't show up. And it started bothering me and I, I couldn't figure out how to resolve it. It wasn't like what, what I was trying to do was develop the community, community programming, but I really felt that because the courses were free, uh, they weren't putting any value to them. They didn't know anything about me. There was a, a bit of a biography uh, on the meetup group uh, page and there was a little bit on you public, but I don't think they had any sense of who I was or what their potential for learning was and and how good I think Shelley took several of those courses I did. and and I think she can tell you that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to these matters and I'm a good instructor and uh, so what I finally did is I changed the model and instead of uh, uh, making them free courses, I started charging ten dollars for them. Mm-hmm. And the registrants went down very slightly. Instead of 15 to 20, I'd get 13 to 18. I mean, it went down very slightly. But now, because they had to pay uh, the $10, they put a value to it, and a higher percentage of them showed up. Mm -hmm. I still got the occasional pay, don't show up, and then call me and ask me for a refund. And it was very clear when they paid. I made it very clear, there are no refunds. It's a one-day course, $10. It's a great price no refunds. Mm-hmm. And and that surprised me too, that people had kind of the, the gall, if you will, uh, not to show up and then ask for a refund for not yeah. showing up. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a valuable lesson. I had never... I had never had to worry about. I did a series of literally hundreds of courses for uh, Oracle Corporation back in the 90s, and I didn't have to worry about attendance. They worried about the marketing, the promotion, the handling of the registrations. Uh, but even for those courses, we'd get we'd get 60 to 70 percent of the people that registered would show up, and another 30 to 40 percent wouldn't show up because they were free. And I didn't mind that there were half-day seminars, and more importantly, it was it was a marketing seminar, um, and that was consistent all over the world. I, I taught those courses all over the world. Uh, and uh, and it, the show up rate was uh, consistent from city to city to city, course to course to course. So I didn't have as much of a problem since, again, Oracle was paying me and, um, and uh, I didn't have to worry about it. They had to worry about it. And again, it was good marketing for them because I would collect those uh, evaluation forms and they'd use that to follow up the marketing. Uh, public access was different because I really felt like I was doing something noble. I wasn't selling, you know, not that selling isn't a noble profession. Uh, but I always, I felt like I was trying to develop the community and provide people the opportunity to, because they had these wonderful studios, Public Access, uh, Public TV, had two really good studios, cameras, lights, and I, I set them up. I set the one up at Central Avenue and I set it up beautifully. Uh, and and I thought there was this great opportunity to learn how to use that equipment, develop your own programming on any topic as long as it wasn't, what would you say? As long as it wasn't. As long as it was somewhat family friendly. Right. It, it family, family friendly is a good right. way to describe family it. Family friendly. Uh, <laughs> but we had all kinds of people. My friend Janet Bridger showed up there, developed a program. My daughter developed her own program. Uh, my son Jason, they had their own uh, television programs, Shion Retablo's. 
New Mexican Soltera and Jason as a New Mexican tinsmith. They had never done television before that until until that point. And so there was great opportunity, and I, I couldn't get, you know, and I didn't ask people, why didn't you show up? Why, yeah. You know, I didn't go through that. If they right. didn't show up, that was their loss. Right. And when they didn't show up a second time, uh, I closed the registration on them. They right. couldn't re- register for another course. So. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's people who do this as a habit, and we're going to talk about that. But the reason I brought up the topic was I, I recently applied for uh, mentorship through SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Um, what does it stand for again? Senior Corps of Retired Executives. There you go. And these are wonderful people who've had their own businesses, and they are volunteering their time to help people who are starting new businesses to get started, giving them information and courses. And it's just a wonderful organization. And most everything is free. Now, when I showed up and took the class, uh, the, the instructor said, you know, most of the time, at least one third of the people who sign up for something do not show up. And that is why we've had to start charging for workshops, especially if they have guest speakers coming in, because they, again, as Toby said, they want people to have a fear of losing something if they don't show up, because sometimes that's the only way to get them to show up. So let's talk about the psychology of why people don't show up for events and things that they sign up for. So I'm rolling my sleeves up because... uh my cufflinks were making all kinds of noise every oh. time I put my arm. <laughs> okay, that's all right. <coughs> Roll up your sleeves and get yeah, into get this to topic. Yeah. All right. So, what are they missing? And and I've if you look at the internet, you say you know what what kind of appointments do people miss? They miss social events such as um, weddings, birthday parties, any kind of party uh, social events that are are fun and entertaining. Uh, they miss networking opportunities. Uh, they might sign up for a networking event, a chamber of commerce event, and then they don't show up. Uh, job interviews. I was surprised by this, but uh, probably about half the people who receive an invitation for an interview for a job don't show up. They just don't cancel. They don't call. They just don't show up. I was surprised by that because if you really want a job, you got to show up, right? Um, training and education, like Toby talked about, this free education, this free training. SCORE offers free training. There's a ton of really wonderful opportunities out there that people are missing out on. Medical care. People don't show up for their doctor and dentist appointments. They just don't want to go or they don't remember. Uh, fun and bonding. Uh, they, they flake out on their friends. Uh, or dates, or um, other fun opportunities that come up, uh, and they miss out on growth opportunities. Uh, maybe it's a, a health fair or something of that nature. Why are they missing it? Well, let's get into that. One of the main main reasons is fear, uh, fear of pain or fear of embarrassment. Pain being especially those medical appointments. I don't want to go to the dentist. It always hurts when I go to the dentist. Uh, emotional pain, um, embarrassment. Uh, one of man's f- biggest fears is uh, embarrassment, and that's why they don't want to do public speaking, is that fear of embarrassment. Uh, people are going to be looking at me funny, or I might say something wrong, embarrassment of any kind. Discomfort. We don't want to go outside of our safety zone. I don't want to drive all the way across town at night. 
that's out of my safety zone. Uh, social anxiety. Oh, there's going to be a whole bunch of people there. I don't know. And I don't know what to say to them. I'm not going to go. Why else are they missing it? They're disorganized. They forgot the appointment. They're always running late and maybe sometimes so late that they just figure, I just won't go. I've already missed the first half. I'm not going to go. Uh, so that's a big part of a lot of people's lives, unfortunately. Another reason they're missing it. They're unhappy with the way they look. Oh my God, I cannot go out looking like this. I look horrible. I'm just going to stay at home and hide under the blankets. Uh, low self-confidence. I, my, my skin looks terrible. My hair looks terrible. I can't go out and have people looking at me and I feel horrible and I, I can't even talk to people when I feel that way. Oh, okay. They feel out of place. Um, you know, all those people are so smart and, and I just don't know how, how to fit in with them or all, they all have, they all have a lot of money and I don't, and I don't fit in with them or they're all uh, a group of old friends and I don't fit in with them. Uh, worried about opinions of others. People are going to look at me and think, what? They're going to think stuff. They're going to judge me. They're going to, you know, and they, we all have this running through our minds and it scares us off. Why else are they missing it? I just simply don't want to go. Uh, I only said yes to get out of an uncomfortable situation. Somebody asked me either by phone or face to face, and I didn't know how to say no. So I said, yes, I would go. Um, and then I changed my mind and I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to go. I never did want to go. Or I changed my mind about the value of the event. You know, I signed up online thinking, oh, this sounds so cool. This is right up my alley. This is exactly what I need. And then we change our minds. No, I, I don't actually think this is what I need or what, what's going to work for me. So we just don't go. Why else are they missing? Other priorities. Maybe they're stuck at work. And they just feel like I have to get this work done or it's going to pile up and I'm going to get behind and I just have to stay at work and I'm going to miss that event. They might have a partner or a child who needs their attention. And that, I believe, is a valid excuse. And I think all of these are very valid excuses if they happen once in a great while, not if they happen every single time you decide you want to go somewhere. Uh, more desirable option. Well... That's, again, the I didn't want to go because something else better came along. You know, somebody called me up who I haven't seen in a year, and they wanted to get together tonight. And, you know, so I said, ah, I'll skip that event because I can do that kind of thing anytime, but I can only see this person once a year. So more desirable option came up. Now, why is it so easy to just cancel? Technology offers us the opportunity to cancel at the last minute, sign up online in the first place. So we never had that commitment level with the face-to-face -face person that we know. Uh, we just signed up online, um, you know, a little Evite or a Facebook invitation. And then ah, it wasn't that important. It didn't have a lot of significance. And I don't even know that person. So I'm just going to cancel or I'm just not going to show up. And I don't know that person. I'm not going to see that person. I don't have to face their disappointment. Or say you do know a person. Maybe you had a, a date with a friend and uh, 
you know, an hour before you type in a little text message and send it off that says, ah, can't make it, sorry, bye. You don't have to face their disappointment. So it's much easier. And we end up replacing real social interaction with virtual social interaction, which which really puts up a divider wall for us. And, and it just, it's like, I don't see you. I, I can't see your disappointment and I don't know what you're going through. So yeah, it doesn't bother me so much. And even worse, it's apologized via text message. So you don't even have to talk to the other mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. So what can we do about it? If we're the person who is setting up the event or the person that other, our friend is canceling on us or, you know, uh, the business that people make an appointment and then they cancel or don't show up, what can we do to encourage them to show up once they've made that appointment or said yes to our invitation? We want to communicate. It's so important to establish a relationship of communication at that point. Okay, they said they're coming to my event. I'm going to communicate with them. You know, send them emails, uh, text messages, phone calls, whatever you can do to build that level of commitment and that level of comfort with you as a person. So let's uh, talk about that fear obstacle, right? If people are afraid to come to your event because they don't know you, they don't know the people who are going to be there, then we need to make them feel comfortable. Oh, you know what? It's going to be me and you know me. You've seen me on YouTube all the time and I'm just going to be so glad to see you and I will definitely have time to talk to you in person, you know, and just build that up, that level of comfort. What's in it for them? Got to make sure they know that. Okay, look at this value that I'm providing at this event. You're going to get all of this training that's going to come in, you know, into uh come in handy in your future to, you know, help you build your business or help you in your relationships or whatever it is that's in it for them. Just make sure they understand that completely. How easy is it to show up? You know what? It's free parking and it's at a convenient time of night and, you know, all there's restaurants in the area, whatever it is that's going to make it easy for them to get there, for them to show up. Uh, Express that your time is valuable. Now that you've made this appointment with me, please make sure you're there on time and prepared. And I will be too. I will be prepared. I will be on time. I'll be waiting for you. My time is valuable and I want to make sure that we, you know, make sure we meet up because this is a valuable event for both of us. So express that your time is valuable and make sure you always follow that yourself. If you set an example as a person who's always on time, always shows up when you say you will, or makes sure to give at least 24 hours cancellation if some sort of can't, you know, suddenly you have to go on a business trip, you give plenty of notice to that person you had that appointment with. Um, Set the example so they understand that's what you expect because that's how you behave. Also, confirm their commitment. So when they sign up, send them an email. Great, you're coming. How awesome is that? And then maybe another email or a phone call or a text. Something to remind them that they signed up for this and you're looking forward to seeing them. So what if we're the ones who flake all the time? 
how do we change that? How do we make our, our behavior more consistent? Uh, number one, we want to make definite decisions. Do I want to go to this? And then make that decision, do or do not. There is no try, right? Like Yoda says. Uh, Facebook isn't helpful on this because they have going, not going, and interested. And everybody clicks interested because maybe something else better will come along. Don't do that. Make a decision. If you decide yes, immediately put it on your calendar and commit yourself to doing it. Follow through. Uh, make sure it is something you want. If you need to take 90 seconds to just breathe, relax, and think about what is this event? What is in it for me? Do I really want to go? Does, is this event in alignment with my goals and desires? If the answer is yes, say yes. If the answer is no, say no. Do yourself and the event coordinator a favor and let them know right off the bat, no, no, thank you, I'm not coming. Okay. Schedule it on your calendar and then work on your thoughts. If you're one of these people who, I, I'm an introvert, I want to stay home, I don't really want to go, I don't know why I signed up, fear, anxiety, um, work on your thoughts and let's talk about how you can do that. Here's can the... Can I may I add something to that? Sure. Uh, as an event coordinator... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, one of the things that you don't have to worry about is whether or not uh, the c event coordinator will think less of you as a result of you saying, no, I'm not interested. They have so many other things to worry about that if uh, that they just can't, they, they hope for the best. They know that they're putting on the kind of event that people should attend. But when you write them and say, no, thank you, uh, they're not going to have a heartache. Uh, they're just going to go about their business and continue planning for the, the event. So mm -hmm. they won't think more of you, and they won't think less of you. So. And that's, a tr that's true in any situation. I mean, uh, Toby invited people to his birthday party. I mean, not, it was a birthday party. It was a home housewarming, housewarming mm -hmm. party. And there were a couple of people who couldn't come. But you know what they did? They said, no, we're busy that night. But we will drop by before the party sometime and just see your place and connect with you. And that was very kind, mm -hmm. and it made him feel much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was really funny because when they drove up, uh, I, I happened to be standing outside when they drove up, and I knew then, I know the, them so well that I knew then, because he was carrying something in his hand, you know, a gift, and I knew then that they were coming to tell me that they couldn't. Mm. And they faced me, right? They didn't They didn't they send didn't a text, text message. <laughs> they didn't make a phone call. They came to my house. Right. And they brought a gift, and they said they were both working on that day, mm -hmm. and they were out of town, and they couldn't make it then. And that was just as good as having them at the party. Yeah, now, And that shows a lot of integrity yeah. to face your friend and say, I won't be there, but I did want to stop by and wish you well. And and for them, they understood how this import how important this was because this was a decision. Me buying a house, not that I haven't done this in the past, <laughs> but uh, it was a decision that kind of reaffirmed the fact that I guess I'm here permanently, you know. Yeah. And uh, they saw it that way too. Yeah. So I, I I was very pleased to see them. I I was, you know, I had mixed emotions because I knew why they were there, uh, but the way they did it, I couldn't help but just be grateful that I have friends like that. Yeah. So let's talk about thought models for those people who tend to flake out because of fear or anxiety or 
um, something that comes up uh, consistently. Not talking about people who have an actual, oh, this came up this one time and I couldn't go. No, this is for people who habitually sign up for things and don't show up. This is the thoughts that we need to correct. Uh, So if the circumstance is, I said I'd be there. But the thought is, I don't want to go. The feeling might be fear, anxiety, and resistance. The action that we take is to cancel. I don't want to text or uh, just don't go or suddenly go to the Facebook evite and say, no, never mind. Uh, Whatever it is, you cancel. And the result is you disappoint people and you miss opportunities. You disappoint yourself as well because this becomes a habit and you kind of get locked into that. And you gain a reputation as somebody who flakes. So what can we change it to? Here's the intentional thought model we can use instead. The circumstance is still, I said I'd be there. The thought is, this is a good opportunity for me, either to connect socially, uh, to do some networking and get some new business contacts, or uh, to learn something uh, that you might be able to use in the future, or... um, any number of things. Have fun, you know. Get out of your house. Just uh, just be among people. Or stretch your comfort zone, which is also an important thing to do. Um, so this being a good opportunity for me makes me feel excited and confident. And that is a motivation to show up. Do whatever's necessary to be there. And the result is enjoying the benefits of more opportunities, more connection, more um, just taking part in life. So here's my recommendations. Make decisions in alignment with your goals and desires. Make real decisions. Yes, I'm going to go, and then you go. Or no, not this time, and then you don't. And you don't regret it, and you don't fear missing out, and you just move on. Schedule and commit when you make those decisions. Yes, I'm going to go. Let me write it in my calendar. I'm committed to be there, and I'll do whatever is necessary to meet my commitment. Value time, your time and their time. You know, show up on time, and uh, they will start to show up on time as well. And everything will start on time because everybody showed up on time, right? So have you ever ever gone to something and you're five minutes late and they've already started and you're like, ooh, uh, I've never started on time before and now they have. It's, it's quite an awakening. So if you're the event coordinator, start on time. If you're the person attending, be there a few minutes early in case you can't find the room it's in. Give yourself that buffer and be there on time. Demonstrate the value and ease of showing up. You know, we do this for our friends. If we say, call our friend and we say, oh, let's go out to lunch. What day is good for you? You know, you give them that ease of, oh, I want, how about Wednesday? Wednesday's good for me. Oh, okay, Wednesday's great. Where do you want to meet? Do you want to meet here, there, or the other place? They get to choose. That gives them that convenience. Um, and once they get to choose something, it's on them a little bit more. You know, they have to take ownership of being there, right? Uh, manage your thoughts. That, that, man, that thought model that we just talked about is a great thing to go through every time you come up against one of your fears about 
going out and doing something like this. If you're still having issues, if you want to work more on this, reach out. Join the Softer Side member vault at eSofterSide.com. Join our Facebook group on Facebook groups, The Softer Side. Uh, we have up this show and our other sh live shows are turned into a podcast. If that's something you prefer, listening to a podcast instead of watching a video, you can find them on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And you can always email me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. When you join the eSofterside.com, please be sure to sign up for a free discovery coaching session so we can talk more about your particular issues, your goals, and your desires and how to make those happen. Also, I wanted to let you know that I have revamped the Toolshed membership. Toolshed now stands for Take Ownership of Life and Shed Your Past and Problems. <laughs> it's open to anybody who would like to join to work on taking ownership of their life, setting goals, um, and thought management. Uh, within the membership, you are given uh, these wonderful benefits. You get the Be Your Own Life Coach course, which is jam-packed full of great exercises um, to help you with setting your goals and working on your thoughts and solving all your problems. Um, we have personal and group coaching within the, uh, within the membership. We have a private Facebook group. And we do a deep dive every month into a particular topic. Uh, we, get, we offer you additional instruction, discussion, ebooks, all, all kinds of great information. Every month it's a different deep dive topic. Um, so to look into that, go to eSofterSide.com, join the member vault, and you get your first two weeks free to just try it out, see if you like it. It's a trial membership thing. And after two weeks, if you decide, you know, it's not for me, well, you've gotten to, uh, to try things out, try them on for size, see if that was a good fit or not. Uh, if you decide to stay, you'll be billed every month until you decide to cancel. So uh, take advantage of the Tool Shed membership. Take ownership of life. In the live chat room, I hope that uh, we have some people in there who are hanging out they're in there but they're quiet they're in there but they're but quiet. i do want to say uh to the people that came into your facebook page uh, aaron mastriani and joden siebens uh they're both friends of ours and uh Henry they Kramer attended uh, oh and they attended your and training. they attended yeah. some of those courses that that's i right. taught at you public and that's right they, they are up. attenders they right. are people who show yeah. up yeah. so preaching to the choir on you guys but glad you showed up anyway yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Rick Kramer is a family member. Oh, is that your husband's, husband's cousin's, cousin's husband? Oh, <laughs> so uh, in on the uh, in our chat room, we've got uh, Huli who says peekaboo. Hello, and Huli. Jennifer Norred. And Jennifer. Oh, not in Facebook. Usually she's on Facebook. Yeah. She says hello. Good. But no questions. All right. Well, here is a question for you in the chat rooms. Do you always show up when you say you will? Why or why not? And now I know Joan and Aaron do because I've I've gone to many events where they were present mm -hmm. and they're they're shower uppers. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. As are film, we. Film community events. Yeah, we're yeah. pretty good at showing up. I do want to share some experience that I had um, during Let's this go period. To full screen and we'll talk. Okay. 
Um, and uh, it was the result of... So I, I had been... Ve- I've always been very organized, but when I returned to Santa Fe, I had kind of a more lackadaisical attitude towards organization, towards time planning, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just winging it. I was doing so many things, including what you were seeing. And then uh, our... Uh, our uh, partnership, Shelley's partnership with me started to develop. And uh, I, I, I took the opposite. I was on the opposite side of this. I would plan something, and then I would call her the day of what I'd planned, realizing that I had planned something on top of it or that I couldn't do it. And I'd call her, and I'd say, oh, never mind, we're not going to be able to get together today. And Shelley was always very good about saying, oh, okay, well, just let me know when. And then somewhere along the time, that particular dam burst <laughs> and she hit me with, we had a little conversation, she said, I need to talk about something. And the conversation we had was, it's, it's very, I don't think she called it hurtful, but it was, and, and I, I think she used a euphemism for the word hurtful. It was very hurtful that I would plan things, and then at the last minute, I would cancel or change plans because whatever came up, indicating that what we were going to do, which was usually just work, I mean, it was just, it wasn't like we were getting together to have a party. Uh, it was usually <laughs> just work. And uh, and my canceling at the last minute was I I, I I I learned more from the conversation because I don't think Shelley used any of these words. Uh, she didn't say it was hurtful. Uh, she didn't say uh, it uh, it diminished the quality and value of our relationship or of our friendship. Uh, but I could feel that, and so I tried to get better at that. And I did it in two ways. Number one, I was I made sure there was a certain amount of tentativeness. When when I sent out the invitation, you know, if we're going to get together next Saturday, the only thing that may change is if Sean calls me to take the boys to soccer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've gotten better. And then I've gotten better at no matter what gets in the way, we have it, unless I just don't want to waste your time. And it's gotten a lot easier now that we live within, a, you know, 10 minutes. It was much harder when she was up in Rio Rancho and I was uh, downtown in Albuquerque because... You know, not not that she would drive, but she had to make plans around that 35-minute drive uh, into Albuquerque. And uh, so what I appreciated about it was that she was very forthright, looked me straight in the eye, and said, don't be a jerk. <laughs> I didn't say that. She didn't say that exactly. I did say was, um, you know, when you ask me to do something, I put it on my calendar. Right. Yeah. And that calendar time uh, is for you. Right and me to do this work and then if you cancel that then I have this empty space in Mm -hmm. my calendar and now my whole schedule is off you know and I plan I would plan around it and and it would also be like okay well I could have planned other things for that time uh, instead of you know something that canceled so yeah it's it's not valuing somebody's time to do that and I and I had another friend and that did this to me as well and I told him at one point I said you know it whenever we have whenever we have a a day plan together I always uh, double book and he said what do you mean I said I always have something else planned in case you follow fall through because you fall through so often and he was shocked by that. Uh, he hadn't realized that he did that so often that I would double book like that. And I said, yeah, I have to because, you know, um, I, <laughs> I have a life, you know. I have a family. I have kids. I have people relying on me. I have stuff to take care of. If I make time for you and you consistently 
cancel, then I need a backup plan. Okay. And so he got a little bit better about it after that. He started to realize that he was doing that, not just to me, but to other people as well. And we sometimes really need to take a look at that. And why are we doing that? And and what's it doing to our reputation? And are we losing friends because of it? And the only reason I bring up the point is because there's two sides to the story. There's the side of not showing up at something that you committed to. And then there's the side of planning something and then falling through on the plan uh, because you can't keep the, co- the commitment. So just be aware of both sides. And <clears throat> my sense is that uh, I, uh, I don't think they're both the same kind of personalities. I, I mean, like, if you're not a shower-upper, then you're not a good planner because I'm a shower-upper. And I'm usually a good planner, but during this period of my life, I was just kind of, like I said, lackadaisical when it came to this. I was, <laughs> I was a fair. Uh, so, well, uh, it depends too. I mean, if you, I, I guess, if you thought, okay, well, am I making money at this? And you were all about the money, and this is a no, I'm not making money at this, so it doesn't matter if I cancel. Well, no, uh, it, it, you're right. It, it wasn't making money, but it did matter if I canceled, right? It did. So, uh, so it was a great conversation that we had and kind of reaffirmed the integrity of our relationship, of our partnership. And, uh, and it was a good lesson for me, proving once again that you can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> and that's the word right there is integrity. Integrity is doing what you say you're going to do and behaving in a consistent manner so that people can trust you, um, trust in your integrity. All right. Well, thank you all so much for being here with me today for all your great questions, comments, and attention. And for the softer side, I'm your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Mm-hmm.